Today is November 11th, 2020. This is episode 76 of Back to Normal. So let's get started. And today I'm going to be talking about the Apple event yesterday, which was all about the very first set of Apple Silicon Macs, or Macs powered in this case today by the M1 chip. And um, I wouldn't, I'm going to preface this by saying I'm not necessarily a professional at understanding how these things work, um, like how do CPU chips work, systems on a chip. Um, this is basically, though, I will say the first time that I'm aware of that we've seen one of these companies um, go with like a phone or laptop or phone or tablet style system on a chip, but for a laptop. And um, it, it certainly seems like a natural evolution from from phones being built this way, but it is certainly very interesting. And um, I'm definitely curious to see how popular it is, whether people um, take it up and are impressed or whether they take it up and they're disappointed. Um, there's there's a lot to unpack about this big transition from Apple. Uh, but honestly, I got to say that my very, very first thought was, oh, man, I could use a new computer. That would be great. Um, the MacBook Air that I currently have, I have had since 2013, and honestly, it's getting a little long in the tooth. Um, I think part of the issues that I'm having, some of them relate to the fact that I'm using the Big Sur beta right now, although it's basically at the final version. So um, I've yet to see and fully understand how the system will be affected now that it's running this new, like completely overhauled um, operating system. but. I will say I expect I expect it to run pretty well once I get onto the final build, um, simply because when I was running it on oh my god I'm going to blank on the name of the previous one it wasn't Mojave it wasn't Ma Mavericks it was a long time ago um, the one right before Big Sur that everyone um, the current final version of um, macOS everything was buttery smooth it was literally literally like the day I bought it. And um, outside of doing really kind of graphics intensive processing or video editing, that kind of thing, uh, you wouldn't even notice that it was seven years old. It was so incredibly quick and seamless. And Apple's prioritizing of animations and that kind of thing is just second to none when it comes to making older computers feel like they're still brand new. It's it's ridiculous. Um, a couple of the things that I'm feeling like would be a really huge benefit to owning one of these new computers is. Um, so first of all, I think bigger battery life while keeping the same or better performance is like going to be a huge lifesaver because one of the biggest knocks on a computer like the MacBook Air is that, yes, it's a really great computer if you're using it for kind of light work or, you know, school, that kind of thing. But if you're doing these hardcore tasks, you're either going to need something beefier with a bigger battery or um, with kind of just bigger specs across the board. And this kind of, this MacBook Air seems to kind of benefit both of those worlds, which is impressive, like really impressive. Um, and the other big benefit to um, getting one of these new computers is running, being able to run iOS apps. And it certainly seems like a lot of iPhone and iPad apps are going to run um, pretty much straight away on here. And it has come to, um, lately, it's come to the fact that if you if you're a new company starting up, you should probably have uh, and you're like having iOS apps, you should probably have a Mac app, too. They're not that hard to build, but you only really end up seeing them from big companies. Um, so 
teams like Twitter and Facebook and like the Omni Group, obviously they they come from the Mac, so they have Mac versions. Um, but the a lot of the iOS apps that exist out there are built by relatively small development teams, and they just don't they don't see a benefit to having a Mac app. And so they might have a if they have a Windows and or Mac app, um, it'll either be you'll either access it through the web, so it won't actually be a Mac uh, a Mac app or a native app, or they'll run it through Electron, for example. And so it's not, again, not really native. It's really just kind of a web uh, wrapper. And so getting these native iOS apps and being able to run them with native code is is really nice. And I think we're going to be able to see a lot more companies kind of do this cross-platform thing for for cheaper or for with one person um, this way, using the ability to have iOS apps run on the Mac. And not every not every app needs to be this huge full screen thing all the time or even any of the time and some apps just need like kind of the phone size rectangle on the screen and and so i'm really interested to see how uh, what kind of apps come across and what kind of apps specifically don't come across it's it's going to be really interesting to see um, but again we're not going to know this for a little while once people start actually using the computers and getting them so um yeah that that's kind of a wait and see approach but those are the two things that really jump out to me um yeah. The other thing here is, so so I mentioned that I really would love to get a new computer and looking at these, that would be amazing. That would be a really great computer to have. Um, I just, I, it feels, it feels weird to be thinking that to be, to have gotten a Mac in 2013 and that'd be the last laptop computer that I have bought because I've owned it now for seven years, but every single computer I had before that was a windows laptop. And I had four or five or even maybe six others that I tried some some for very short times before selling some I kind of ran into the ground um, like I used them until they just didn't work anymore but those were always really short timelines like a couple of what the first computer that I ever had a Dell laptop um, I got for school and I basically ran it into the ground and I think was it three years four years maybe like it was done it was toast and I think uh, it was fourth year that I bought my another Dell computer another Dell laptop um, that's this time an XPS and lasted longer, but still not super, super long. So um, to have a laptop that has run for seven years uh, is really great. And like even even in this interim time, at one point I bought one of those when when Ultrabooks were a thing, when when other manufacturers were trying to copy the MacBook Air um, and these Ultrabooks were a thing. I bought one from Acer, which was actually a really nice computer, but um, I just didn't a lot of the things didn't really make I think that was the last laptop I bought before getting the air because it was just kind of a sad imitation of the air and it wasn't that much cheaper. It was a little bit cheaper, but like things like the trackpad quality. Um, I have never seen a windows trackpad that is quite as good as a Mac trackpad. And it's just, they're unparalleled in the industry. It's not even close. Um, and so it doesn't feel like I'm ever going back, even though like all my desktop computers, I feel really weird. If I was to buy a, a desktop Mac, that would feel really weird to me to use. Um, my life for the last, like I said, for the last seven or almost eight years now has been, um, I have a desktop computer for the last ugh, seven or eight years. Yeah, I think around the time I bought the Dell XPS, I also bought a desktop, which was a Dell and I've had two of those now. This is my second from 2017. Yeah, 2017. Um, so that feels very normal to have a windows desktop, but it, now it feels normal to me. And I, I feel like I wouldn't or want to, or couldn't go back to, um, a personal 
um, Windows PC. I am getting, um, well, so I've had for work, I've had a Windows Surface for a while, but I've, I haven't brought it home. Um, even though we've been in a pandemic, I've been using it remotely from the office. I've just been um, tunneling into it, but it is getting delivered here. So I will have a second computer here that's going to be a Windows laptop. We'll see again how much I end up using it, what, what I end up using it for. It'll probably just be for kind of mobile things like that. Um, yeah. So the last thing I want to talk about here as part of the Apple Silicon Max is what's next. Obviously, as soon as you see the sneak peek, as soon as you see the first set of things that are, that are being released, the next thing you think about is, oh, man, what can they do with with this? And I know this; these are not new thoughts. These are kind of a collection of my um, my takes on what what I think we're going to see next and what's most likely to come. Um, basically, these three computers that they released, the MacBook Air, the MacBook Pro 13 inch and the Mac Mini, they all have the M1 chip. They all have the same chip in them and they're configurable, configurable with amounts of RAM and, and that kind of thing. But um, they are exactly the same shape and size as their predecessors. There's no change to the physical computer whatsoever. Um, like I was listening to on a podcast the other day, you could have these two computers side by side, an Intel one and an M1 powered one right next to each other. You could even probably turn them on and not be able to tell the difference until you went and looked at the specs. Um, but just just looking at them, yeah, identical. And that's been the way that Apple has done these transitions is that they'll introduce, they'll kind of swap out exact replacements for their previous counterparts. And then it's the second generation of these products that that get these kind of innovative leaps that are enabled by the new technology. And so you can start thinking about iPad and iPhone features that um, now that they sh- now these ship- chips share-, share a common architecture, oh my gosh, that's a hard phrase to say. Now that these chips share a common architecture, um, we're going to start to be able to start to see some of the features of the iPad and the iPhone coming to the Mac. And obviously that didn't happen this time, but I think it's only a matter of time before uh, um, some of these features start coming out. So things like cellular connection, um, it seems like a, a weird omission from, from Apple because all their other devices have these cellular connections in them. Um, it definitely seems possible now that now that they're doing this. Um, touch screens are a really obvious one. Um, unless they decide that the iPad Pro is basically going to become their um, like their version of a Mac touchscreen and it's going to kind of sit in the middle of um, in the middle of the Mac and the iPhone. Um, it feels natural that a touch screen would come to one of their laptops. Again, it depends what they kind of do, because, again, they didn't change the form factor here at all this year. And so we'll see next time if they end up doing kind of one of these rotating um like flip around screens or whether they end up trying to do something more innovative with the laptop functionality. There's still a rumor from a couple of years ago that Apple is working on a keyboard that doesn't have keys. Like that's kind of, it's like a touch sensitive pad um, that can kind of morph in the same way the iOS keyboard does to other things, but still has texture, texture somehow. I'm really interested to see if that ever comes to um, comes out of the research lab because I mean it seems like it seems pretty obvious that they're working on something like that just from all the rumors that we've heard but it'll be curious to see I'll be curious to see for sure if that ever happens and the last thing here which I have on my list of things that would be really nice to see is is something as simple as face ID and we've had touch ID on Macs for quite a while now that we have this M1 there's no reason um, for the system not to be able to have face ID the only thing that's lacking now is a camera and noticeably the when i said the laptops are the exact same i'm the i'm including the camera the camera is the exact same as on the old macs and 
<laughs> honestly, it's kind of embarrassing. The Mac laptops have not had good cameras ever. They've never been good. They've improved to be less worse than they could be or should be. And this is a company like, honestly, smartphone companies now make the most cameras ever. Like they make more cameras every year than any camera company has ever made. They might make more cameras each year. Each of the main phone companies might make more cameras every year than companies like Canon or Sony ever have in their history every year. Like it's so, they're so outnumbered. It's ridiculous. Um, and something like Face ID, while it is amazing and it's great technology, it's never come to a laptop. And I think that's because there is, with the current laptop setup, there's not enough room. The screens on Mac laptops are so, so, so thin that in order to have a camera that's good enough, a good enough sensor to be able to actually do face ID, to be able to actually do recognition or have like crystal clear 1080 quality, it needs to be a bigger camera sensor. And so I don't know how you necessarily solve that with this current design. There, there's probably things you could do. You could, for example, have the camera protrude a little bit, have a camera bump on the old laptop. Um, that would make for a really ugly um, clamshell closing because you need to have a, a hole that matches on the uh, on the kind of next to the trackpad on the laptop. Um, but it might be something that they have to do. And we'll see how they end up handling that because honestly, it feels like unless they unless unless that's just completely wrong and they just have decided not to do it yet. Um, if you look at the cameras that they have right now that do face ID or the cameras that, that they have that are really good that have this depth sensor, um, they're all quite a bit bigger and seem like they need more room in the hardware um, than do the than the than the, the cameras in the Mac laptop can actually have actually have available. And so I feel like that might be the limiting factor here. But again, I'm not a I'm not a computer designer. I don't I'm not I don't know anything about this, really. Um, this is all conjecture and things that I've heard and kind of trying to rationalize through it. Um, but yeah, all that to say, I'm extremely excited for the next generation of these to come out. I'm I'm definitely not buying a laptop now right now because I don't really have a need for it. Like I said, I have this 2013 one that's that's quite good. Just um, hoping that the Big Sur final edition that's coming out tomorrow uh the the shipping version to to the public will solve some of my slowness issues and if not i might have to reset everything i might just have to wipe it clean which i've i've had i've done a couple times in the past um just out of necessity just because i messed something up or because i had a beta build go bad and so we'll see how that goes um but yeah i'm really excited for the next generation of of new macs with apple silicon um yeah once the transition is nearing completion more so probably around this time next year or uh, the year after that when we start seeing new models that look radically different or do have some radically different functionality i'm really excited really really excited still a ways to go though and then I'll, at that point i'll probably consider buying a new laptop again if we're out of quarantine and i've got my work laptop back at work you know that kind of thing so we'll see how it goes but um I'm going to leave it there for now. Thank you very, very much for listening. I'm curious if you have any thoughts about the new Apple Silicon, feel free to leave me a note on Twitter. I am Rob Attrell, that's A-T-T-R-E-L-L, -L, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. Bye.